Uh, also, another Edward August, but no cucking this time. We did it. We made it. Wow. Wow. Oh, er, the moon got cucked by uh, aliens. <laughs> okay. Damn. Up in the sky. Look. It's a plane. It's a plane. Hello, and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-fans talk controversial and noteworthy, and for that special time of year in August, Edgelord books. I'm one of the fans, Ryan. I'm not a fan, Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. The last two are the non-fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't want to say it, because I, I, I like some of the stuff we read, so I don't want to call myself a non-fan. I'm, I'm tired of it. We should change it to being, like, experts on comics and, like, amateurs or something yeah. i'm tired of this bullshit this is <laughs> i don't like calling myself an expert on anything this fan non-fan dichotomy right okay, I, I if i ever have a question about who's this comic book character you usually know them yeah he uh, you are an expert on it okay well what it, fine i'm an expert <laughs> yeah i'm an expert he says so, listen to this pompous asshole over here <laughs> <laughs> so last time a fortnight ago, we talked about The Authority, issues one through six, by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. And here, we are to talk about part two of Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch's run, issues seven through twelve. And one thing I did, I looked up something, because I'm an expert. And <laughs> we talked a lot about how Nemesis and Midnighter and uh, Prometheus are all, like, kind of similar. And we had a back and forth sly and I and everybody about who's better. And I found out, did you know that Midnighter and Prometheus debuted in the same month, February 1998? <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's a knockoff of another one. I just have a, it's, it's a fucking lot. They have the Manting and Swamp thing. Too, it's an like. Armageddon <laughs> Deep Impact situation or yeah. Ants and Bugs Life. Or it's just like, yeah, right. it just they, happens. <laughs> it happens all the fucking time, though. Like, uh, But sometimes yeah. those are actually a creator pitching it to dif- two different studios. Yeah. Where this sounds like, unless that happened where someone was like, what if we had kind of Batman, but not to two different people i mean i feel like like extra good at fighting guy with computer in his head isn't that like esoteric of a concept mm, it's like it's it enough happen. that I, I feel like it's not done a lot yeah it, it wasn't done a lot before like you're either a robot or you're just a fighter not like computer in brain yeah, and, and especially t- directly tying it to batman being like uh, more edgy lord batman that's pretty mm. specific well i don't know who uh, who came up with the first thing. It was like it's so. like Jesus and Buddha being around the same time. It's glorious. It's we should be blessed that we got both of them. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. they ended up uh, having sex with each other. And... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like Jesus and Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna start with issue seven. Now we are halfway through an arc, and quick quick recap basically there were aliens from an alternate universe that had like cross bred with a bunch of british guys right and they were invading it, our planet it was an alternate but... planet where to survive humans fucked blue aliens and now they're trying to fuck us they like uh they 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 showed they up in like the 1500s and made like earth really advanced yeah and then yeah. they intermar they interbred but i think like they said like earth was like people were being wiped out or something at some point yeah, and then they, they like all got wiped out and were presumed dead, but they're not. So, And our team leader, Jenny Sparks, was alive back then because she's like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And she uh, like has electric powers. More like 99 years old. 
soon to yeah, be 100. Yeah, 99 years you're old. Right. You're right. And the rest of the team, we have the city guy, Jake Jack Hawksmore, who is like a, like a like a druid. But Are we going to go through all the people again? Just watch that part one. It's, just, it's only fucking hour long. Oh, uh, you can't watch it. It's a podcast, but you could listen to it. You can, you can but... watch the waveform. We've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah just, but yeah. Just so I get very quick, but I'm not allowed. I know, so, no, but you're going to go through every single cast member again. I mean, fucking. So only six people would have been faster than this, you... but that's fine. <laughs> so okay, so it starts with uh, issue seven. Opens with a scene in a cemetery of the like head blue alien guy, just pining for the old days when he wasn't a eunuch, <laughs> and it's he's talking about how like they're they're coming into our world and our world is less advanced they know that we have nukes but we don't really like use them like it's just like comparing you know their the different technologies yeah recall that this is the invading force that's trying to attack yes. the authorities universe and yeah. and he does say too like he's he's like not just pining for like the old days he's specifically saying like conquering was so great yeah. Like yeah. we just loved, like just. Do you remember when I led the troops into China the summer of 1856? Do you remember the women Yingvi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he also talks about how even though birth rates are up, human birth rates are up, but the alien, the blue aliens, are dying off because the like the species isn't able to like withstand it enough to continue the species. Mm. No, the moment we can't give birth, you know, yes, the birth. Yeah, because their their world is really fucked because of all the world wars they've had. So like, yes. Africa's apparently completely destroyed. Uh, the Americas are mostly destroyed. Uh, there's like mutants in Asia. Europe is like completely poisoned by uh, probably presumably like nuclear fallout or chemical weapons or something. So their yeah. their their world is pretty shitty. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they they talk about how oh Jenny Sparks was there and he they the their people saw that she traveled with a door their teleport tech. So. That they can backtrace it so they can invade the whole planet now. They have the technology. And they can go to where the door came from. Yeah. So then it cuts to Jenny, who's meeting with one of the aliens from way back in the day, which was her ex-husband. That was the stinger that it ended off with last time. Yeah. And he was, like, a spy as part of the war. We find out that they were only married for, like, part of a plan and that she loved him only for his dick. Yes. (laughs) It wouldn't be edgelordy if she wasn't like, I only love you for your Yeah, your genitals <laughs> yeah. are all I need. Yeah. And uh they and he ended up being a double agent who betrayed them. That's why he's like in this government base locked up forever. And he's and, doing the Loki, I'm a smug bastard thing, like mm-hmm. uh hello wife, good to see you yeah. wife. And she's Because I am clever, my wife, which is why yes. you love me. And that's why she's like, I only love your dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they they're, they exposit a little, and this is when Jenny starts to let the rest of the team in on it, on, like, how horrible the aliens were, that they had... This is when they, she tells them about, like, that they turned China into a rape camp, because that's how... They use that little you know, term, that's not us being edgy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's they, the they literal term they repeat it, too. Use. They're like, they really want you to know that they do this to women. It's yeah, like, it's, like, it's like spoiler, apparently... It's spoilers, they want to turn all of Earth into a rape camp. Like, all, all Earth women... That's what Jenny on. keeps telling the team. They're like, they're gonna turn Earth into a rape camp, They're like this is quite a tale yeah, yeah. but in- apparently like uh when they invaded china back in the when he was pining for the 1850 china war or whatever 
all the men were killed and then all the mm-hmm. women were taken uh, mm-hmm. to make to the trying camps. to make alien human hybrids. Yeah, and that seems to be their main motivation is that their race is dying and they have to keep finding new like people to breed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just like the like wanted where it's like let's just rape because it's fun. It's yeah. like they actually they do have motivations even though it's still but, but, but they're still like smug like you don't get raped. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they're still they still. Enjoy I mean, they it. they use it they use it as like a, a fear thing, like the fear of these invaders coming over because they will do this it's not like yeah. it's only the leader guy that's like mm, women human women yeah yeah and then we cut back to uh, the their ship the authority ship where a big alarm goes off and the invading army which are still like british looking guys with swords and and horses <laughs> it's really first, funny like yeah. there's these like fucking 19th century uh <laughs> like cavalry running in uh, through a teleport door <laughs> yeah and they burst in while uh uh, while they're while the invading armies are also like in Europe. attacking like the in Europe, yeah. yeah, and they start to fight. You know, there's like a lot of why? pages. Of I don't know. I, I I didn't know why in the first part too. Like, why whenever Jack kicks someone, do they are they so gory? But not really for anyone else. Like every time Jack is fighting someone, they their head explodes, their neck, their spine comes out it's of their his, body. It's it's. I power. think the show I think is. It's just, like su- it's like super strength. Like that would happen yeah. with super strength. I, I, yeah, I think it's supposed to show his fear. He's of, just so strong. Because if you have like. Uh, look like tread marks. Yeah, them. I thought you were gonna yeah. talk about why his feet always have tread. Like they become tread marked, and that's always like a weird thing. Like I don't know how that necessarily correlates to a city. Well, it's like uh, cars, you know. Yeah, like, uh, cars. Cars aren't the city, <laughs> but cars I mean, are. Cars but, are. Cars, in cars yeah. <laughs> Whatever. His power is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But they fight for a pretty long time, and then yeah, uh, they yeah. Like, Apollo uses a lot of his stored solar energy because he's basically Superman and like decimates a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and th- and he's basically out of the fight now. That's the main thing. They they win, but and he scares them away. But Apollo is now completely drained. And then we have uh, what's what's her name? What's uh, the metal lady's the name? The engineer with yeah. Uh, I don't remember what her name is. Jenny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So no. there's Jenny, and then the engineer d- turns. She has like all these nano machines, and she turns into a big gun and just blows them all away. Yeah, and she says such like an edge scene to me. Yeah, which is like they, they literally are walking down the hall chatting, and these cavaliers are behind them screaming with well, their first sabers they out. Her, and she turns does around and goes, "Hear horses, or am I going mad?" And then Jenny sees them, and then they. Jenny, Jenny didn't see that. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny you have a close up of Jenny's face, and she says, "Do what, mate?" As, as they <laughs> and then her. they they're like, "Die!" And she just turns around, whatever, and just guns them all down. <laughs> yeah. just, I guess my problem with this whole fucking series is like, Elsa's so half-assed with the Edgelord stuff. Like, yeah, whatever, bang, let's move on. Like, it's, it's like there's no heart in it. I don't <laughs> think it's. I think I think it's that cool, like detached kind of Edgelord where like yeah. this is so beneath me, taking human life. I know, but it's so easy to write that. Like, like I feel like this is his first draft. <laughs> Would it have been better if he was like, if she was like. You, I'm gonna fuck you with your horse's cock. Yeah, that's, Pro- that's, probably. That's what Sly wants. Yeah, I, 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 Man. Like, I, I probably because at least it'll give me a reaction. Here I'm like, okay, I'll just see that happen. Like you could cut a lot of these scenes and it'll make a difference. Sly, Sly saw her gunning people down, going whatever, and Sly's like, whatever. Exactly. I don't know. I, I, I much prefer like the popcorny action scenes that Brian Hitch is drawing when they're not like. 
just like making jokes about raping each other and stuff. <laughs> I would I would take this over or that. Or pissing anyway, down each but... other's throats. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like this, I feel like you cut from the comic, it makes no, no total difference. I feel like that's worse than having questionable pages. I mean, I don't know. Their, their base got invas- invaded and their most powerful person got taken out. I think that's pretty important. I don't know, but I feel like all this shooting... Like, you could have cut her saying whatever and they just start shooting. Yeah, like yeah. she could have been in the fight with them in the cockpit or yeah. something. Yeah, because the first part of the fight was actually cool, I thought. It was like, you, could, you go from them saying, her them saying die... Cut out whatever, and then just shooting at them. I think it's like, to okay. show, it, at least it's to be like, Angie's like, she's powerful too. I and know. For but... what it's worth, uh, from die to uh, the next scene when this fight's over, it's literally two panels of fights, so yeah. it's not really taking up that much space. I know, that's, I feel like a lot of this, this whole comic is filler. I might as well say this now, like, my conclusion on this entire series is that that's the one comic we did for Christmas, I, it was like a one issue of the authority. I think yeah. that was way better than this because it got to, it, it gave you everything you needed in one issue. I feel like these issues are all so dragged out for the same basic concept that one issue provided. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's you're allowed to feel that. I, I, I just want to toss it out there, but yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, so then they we get like the like down the like they're planning the next step now that like they're you know the whole battle is over and basically Apollo's like I need to recharge, but it's nighttime where we are. What I love is I didn't realize he's he's like a direct Superman analog. He gets powered up by the sun, so it's like, yeah. oh, okay, just put him. He's somewhere. Apollo. That's he's a direct fucking Superman. <laughs> yeah, analog. and and she wants to. She has the idea to basically just drop him off in the sky in Europe and be like that. That's how you get the most concentrated sunlight. That's how you'll charge up the fastest. Mm-hmm. And Midnighter, who's Apollo's boyfriend, is like, wait, don't do that. And she's like, this we don't have a choice. It's up to him. Because basically, like, Europe is being in, like destroyed right now by. The his fleet and no one on the team really has the power that Apollo does to stop this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's by far their strongest team member. So it's like what what is like Midnighter gonna do versus this alien yeah. invasion? And before we just had them like lots of fighting, 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 but here their main person is taken out, so they have to actually like get drastic and Midnighter doesn't I mean, want I, them to. I don't get why Shaman can't do this. His I feel like he's viewed so weirdly because he's gonna have a scene in the next issue where he does something insanely powerful. And then it's like I don't know why you can't just again his powers. I don't think that's a good reason why I bring this up. I don't think they they would do a good job throughout the story that only Apollo could do this. Like I don't see why. Um, I think it's because they're getting hit in multiple fronts. They can't. They talk about how they they have to split the team again. Like we didn't get a good understanding of anyone's power levels throughout this. It's like is Apollo is Apollo strong enough to fight everyone on their own? I I thought Jenny could only like shoot a little bit of electricity, but she's pretty powerful too. Yeah, Jenny Jenny's fucking turns herself. Gigantic and like she's the entire <laughs> fleet. Like I re- like I really feel that's a flaw. That all of a sudden, because if they if they didn't have this scene, it'd be fine. If they're all powerful, but now all of a sudden, Apollo's doing what I can do, and I'm like, I I feel like it's bullshit. Like yeah. you established it's, so many powerful players. It's just to raise like stakes and drama where it's like we have to drop Apollo in the middle of air. Yeah, and have midnight midnight or fret over him, midnight or being like you can't. I mean, do you this. could you could argue. I think that the shaman doesn't know how to do this stuff ever. He just but yeah, but he, no, it's he, the best he, thing. He, he bu- you can argue this, but it's not on the page. Like I, I, feel like I think it's pretty clear that because even when they're like, "I'll oh, do this," yeah. like someone's like, "I'll take Apollo," and she's like, "No, I need you here." Yeah, but Sly, I need Sly you was here. saying you could add a thing of like Midnighter could be like, "Why not have they, the they doctor say, do this?" The, the Apollo says, "Engineers are fast enough. The doctor doesn't have the rage. Job for me." But I'm like, I just, I just oh, feel like range. the story, the story earns like that statement. Like I never got the impression Apollo's outperforming anyone else doing any of the fights. Like I never, like he never felt like Superman in like a Justice League. Like in, if you watch Justice. 
sleep the movie, and she's Superman come out. It's a huge stark difference between him and Wonder Woman and everyone else. I mm-hmm. never got that of Apollo. I feel like they were all in the same relative power. I, I kind of I from the, I got that I got that from the first part where I was like when they're fighting the first time. Like okay, the shaman at some point turns some guys and then passes out into like dust or water. Yeah, he fucking like turns like the entire sky into all he's, this he's shit. He's turned like a third or a half of an army into like yeah. But yeah. then he passes then out. He's, done. he's taken out. Yeah, and everyone else is very low power. Jenny has the one uh the one moment of uh being big, but I don't mm-hmm. like she took out never... entirely. She uh, she did more like by herself than Apollo. No, she, I don't think she destroyed them. She she fried no, some she of their radio them. systems or something. Yeah, that was enough to make mm-hmm. them drive them away. But like Apollo didn't because she Apollo never single. There was never a scene of Apollo single handedly like training the title of fight. Uh, there is in uh, the there first is, volume. There is. There is. What, what, what happened? Every fight. every fight, he is the one who does all the work. No, they. I, do I just panels? Maybe it's because the, pan, the panels are so boring that I just gloss over. Or, yeah, I should, uh, be. Uh, yeah, maybe you're just like not reading it carefully because that is exactly literally. <laughs> when, they, when it's the pages and pages of people fighting, I, I just get the impression everyone's yeah. super strong. <laughs> I, okay, I, but I think... you can't complain; it's not on the page. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like the it dialogue. Is... I feel like the, 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 the stories fall from not engage me enough because the plot. There's yeah. all these filler pages of fighting. Okay, but when you say it's not on the page, you you missed it. Okay, yeah, but I'm saying, but now it's another flaw. Then that's why not drawing me. And then into the action scene, which is important. If the, if the action scene eats up this much, it's much uh, page time. Okay, I I like the way Hitch does the summer blockbuster pages, and I'd like that they're not bogged down by dialogue. Mm-hmm. But that's fine if you don't. But anyway, the so they're getting in position to drop Apollo over Europe so he could charge up, and Jenny. The issue ends with Jenny saying she's going to move the car- the carrier. Yep, and that's a splash page of just her face. So we're back to doing yes. that. Back, back to that. Because <laughs> they have to move it because now they know where they are in space, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So, sh- yeah, theoretically they move it somewhere. Where are they going to move it? Okay, so issue two opens. Paolo has to do it. Uh, he goes to Ooh. do it. You get um, some dialogue between like him and Midnighter. And yeah, that's what I was referring tell- to when they said. Like, Midnighter is like, you can't use it. Anyone else could do it. And Paolo's like, no, it's got to be me. Mm-hmm. I like this scene a lot because it's only a page, but it's like the most human that we see Midnighter because he's always talking about like being super edgelordy and stuff. But this is like the first time that he's like, and it's just him and Apollo. Everyone else is like d- in the background doing something and it's just mm-hmm. them two talking. And he's like, listen, Midnighter, like I'm the only one who could do this. And he's like, no, but you'll die. And he's like, no, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Like, of course, the team relies on me. Like he's he's like putting up this like Superman front mm-hmm. and seeing like the Batman analog be like scared for the man he loves is is like something that we haven't really seen up mm-hmm. until this point. I also like the touch that th- throughout the conversation, the doctor is just picking up the British bodies and throwing them through a portal. <laughs> I'm like, where is he dropping these bodies? <laughs> so Apollo goes to absorb some synergy and he uh, passes out while the rest of the ship goes through space and time. They're moving the ship. Yeah, they move the ship and they blow up the White House and you know the reality. Well, yeah. <laughs> before that, you have this scene of just like Jenny Sparks. Because the, the doctor's like, he just makes some comment and she just makes fun of him talking about like, no surprise, he comes from Amsterdam. I'm like, fuck you. She's so, <laughs> she just makes fun of everyone. She's so annoying. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's how, that's Warren Ellis' self insert characters. They all fucking <laughs> talk like that. They're all great. I love them all. So uh, they blow up the White House. The, the blue demon guy, the main bad guy. I, never, I don't think anyone knows. They never see Jenny, like Jenny Sparks is the one. That Regis. Blows Regis. Yeah, yeah, Regis. 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 Uh, well, what a great name. Regis Kil- uh, <laughs> Filman comes out. Uh, he looks Regis, like he has like Regis a is regal, like king, kingly. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a ki- he's the king of and he's British. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, for, for, his design's pretty cool. He has like horns. Well, actually, the language failed to engage Sly, so it's actually a fault of the language. We, 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 none of us. I was saying that because none of us mentioned his name, so uh, I think mm. I was wondering if he had a name because we would have mentioned it, but he didn't. So fuck off, Brian. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I just want to make sure because sometimes some villains don't have names. And they're just a guy. 
And uh, so uh, Regis um, comes out. He's on fire. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, Jack Hawksmore and Midnighter. And, and the he, thing that I like about this scene is, so Jack Hawksmore and Midnighter go to uh, confront him, and he's like, "Where's Jenny Sparks? She's the one I want." And he and he's like, and Midnighter's like, "She's got better things to do, so you got to fight us." And he's just like, really, just like so insulted by that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Hawksmore explodes him um, after uh, he just goes through the ground and exits out. Well, him, uh, him and Midnighter are fighting each other, and then uh, no, they fight. No, they yeah, fight the guy. Reg- Regis and Midnighter are fighting each other. Yeah, yeah he's, he was kicking their asses, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Then uh, Hawksmoor appears while Regis continues kicking Midnighter's ass. Then Hawksmoor does, I'm inside your body, you explode. Because and- he basically says, like, all of the cities on this planet, I can feel how much you destroyed it and killed people on their walls. And uh, you put people on sticks in this city. And, like, basically, you all the cities on Earth fucking hate you. And they've, they're giving me strength to explode you. <laughs> Yeah. The dead burst women on the walls of Beijing, the men on sticks lining Brigham Harbor, the human abattoir of Ferenz. And that's why I was like, his power just seems so like, because at first I thought it's like as cities are destroyed, he gets like stronger, to, like he feels their pain and stuff. And then here it's like, as people die in cities, the cities get hatred. The cities, cities are human constructs. But then, like, but then humans construct, like this guy would be constructing he, a lot of cities. Yeah, he got, he? he got sick because the cities were, were, were dying before and now he's getting stronger because the cities are mad. It's kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be like human, like... Cities being a human construct, like they were made for people to live and, and work and stuff, and now they're being turned into like murder camps. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so uh, I missed this. What did Apollo do? End up doing that was so important. <laughs> he, he, he destroys the fleet by himself. Yeah, he destroys the fleet okay, by cause, himself. Okay, but then like this is why I'm like, okay, he does that, but then the shaman uh, floods the entire continent and makes it not exist anymore. And like clearly, well, Apollo's well, the power monger. I here. mean, the fleet was in the air. <laughs> Apollo saving Earth. And then the shaman freezes Italy in place as the world's spinning and rotating and stuff, and that causes the waves of the yeah. entire ocean to flood it. Yeah, it basically, makes the continent get like like almost completely like Italy's almost completely gone. Yeah. Well, actually, what happens is it's not that it floods. What he does is he holds the land, and, and explain, then the earth. Like, that yeah, but the earth moves through space. Yes. and leaves the land floating in space, so everybody mm-hmm. explodes. Yes. And dies. Uh, so oh yeah, because then... everyone floats off of yeah Earth as it moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Apollo's doing air support, and the shaman is taking out the ground force. So well, Apollo's, like, ba- Apollo's back on Earth doing air support. Yeah, so they're, they're yeah. doing this on Earth too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why they needed to split. Yeah, so Earth two Earth two Italy is being is being. Uh, flooded Earth One. Apollo's blowing up all the invading ships. Yep. Yes, and they save everyone. And then it ends with Jenny Sparks uh, being uh, like, like, "Stop, stop raping people, or else we'll do this to you too." Everyone yeah. on this planet. Everyone we are behave. the authority. Behave. Yeah. And they said, "Am like, I the we... only one who saw this and was like, the only part of Italy that got spared was Sicily, where these fuckers are from? Like, <laughs> Sicily's the island that did not get flooded." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they said they're from. They said from, they said from Sicily. That's funny. Yeah, they say specifically, and she even says, "Sicily and the Italian capital infrastructure are gone." I'm like, "No, it's I still see it. I, I see it there." <laughs> That's really Oops. funny. <laughs> Specifically, it's, like, they say, it's actually funny because, because like, uh, like why Sicily out of all places? There's a lot of Sicilian kings, I guess, and if they, if the aliens came in the 
1500s, I guess you could be like, well, I don't know why. Like, if you're going to later <laughs> have it flood somewhere else, just be like they're from there. I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's how they defeat the alien invaders, and that's the end of this arc, because we were halfway through it last time. And they, yeah. at the end, they're like, this is what we should have always been doing. Uh, well, flooding, places that, flooding places that only... They said we, we did a crazy thing, where we actually changed the whole world to how we want it to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and Jenny says, like, this is what we should have been doing, changing things for the better. Um, we have one Earth down, one Earth to go. So, issue nine starts the arc, Outer Dark. I just want to mention the cover real quick. It's Engineer uh, yes. standing on it with uh, Hawksmore and uh, Jenny Sparks reflecting their boobs. I thought it was a really yeah. weird fucking tra- And it looks like they're leering at it. Because it like- she's all metal. It's 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 a TNA. It's like, I love that she gets to be like pretty much naked, but because she's metal, you don't have to draw any of the naughty bits. But, you can but still draw she even thing. has like these she small has nipples. discs. Like, she, she has nipples. nipples. Like, I just know like it's silhouette. like the, the outline of like a nipple. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird cover choice. <laughs> I mean, like, it, they're... No, it, they're it's like, to li- get teenage boys to be like, oh, sweet, <laughs> naked metal woman. Yeah. Um, so it opens up with December 29th, 1999. Oh, it's almost the new millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jenny Sparks has red eyes. And I was like, is she high? Uh, what is she <laughs> uh, but we don't know what's going on yet. Well, when we say we have red eyes, she's like looking in the mirror seeing she has red eyes. And she knows yep. like something, yeah. something is wrong. She says, damn. She's like surprised. Like, oh, yeah. from, like 20 centuries, it's been a long ride. Uh, it's yeah. time for t- right hand, I guess. So it's like you can clear, like it's uh, obvious foreshadowing is like she knows something bad's happening to her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go to Voyager One, which is near the end of our solar system, and something just explodes through it. Some uh, black something like, traveling streak. towards the sun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to the Doctor. He's in the ancestor spirit land, and he's talking to the old doctors. And he's mm-hmm. like, the old doctors, like uh, you know. Because the, the new doctor's like, something's weird. Something weird's happening. And the old doctors are like, well, it's, you know, the second millennium's ending. And he's like, no, something hasn't been here in a long time, but is here again. Something really old. Yeah. Then we go to Earth orbit now, and we have a space shuttle uh, doing a mission. And all of a sudden, these, like, this, in his reflection, you see, like, this black uh, streaks coming towards him, just explodes the ship he's on, rips apart some of the astronauts, and he's screaming into the mic, like, uh, Jesus yeah, Christ! You, you uh, your typical edgelord thing about it. it's like tell Carly I always loved her. Tell my little Annie I'm gonna miss her so much. And then like a guy, uh, one of these aliens like stabs into him and just blows up his head into uh, yeah. goo. He becomes like black yeah. goo. So then we see all these like I don't know how to describe them really. They're like, they're like sperm slug things. But they're like segmented. They're like black. Yeah, they're like sperm. Uh, it's mixed sperm. Sperm like mixed sharp, with... sharp, yeah. like edged, like sh- sperm with a carapace. There's later, later sperms that are more like spears that are going around. These are just like mm. these ones that are landing in Africa are just like big sperm, and also like greenish, grayish. Yeah, yeah. And so then, yeah, uh, in Central Africa, we have all these things landing, and be- they 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 become this amalgamation, this like pile of um, like goo and sperm and penises. It's very. <laughs> it looks, looks like penises. It's yeah. very foul. I was gonna yeah, say penises, well, but they look like penises and sperm. Or like eh. slugs and caterpillars. It's, an, it's intentional. Like, no, they have they have like dickheads. They look like yeah. penises. Yeah. Is it is it yeah. penises or peni? Who knows? Penis. We're not penis peni experts. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anyone. Say I'm an peni. expert. It's penises. <laughs> uh, uh, cut to New York City. Jack Hawksmore is just doing Spider-Man or Hulk stuff. I was jumping around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to visit the Angie, engineer. who's the engineer. That's she's the not, name I was trying to like engineer. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, and 
she feels something crazy happen from her nanomachines. Yeah, she reactively turns into engineer from the regular person. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she's like you some environmental change. So go to Australia. One of and these guys have... is it's Aborigines walking around. They're making. Uh, they have red tornadoes head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's basically they, they, the same. They look the same guy. Also, when Angie transformed into engineer, uh, she was in their underwear. And then when she uh, goes with Hawksmore to the ship, she takes off her underwear. I, uh, I think that was purposeful, t- more purposeful TNA. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If I was metal, I wouldn't wear clothes. I don't. <laughs> I already don't wear clothes. <laughs> if I was a young boy, I'd like Angie. Yeah. I still like her. Phil's <laughs> got one nano machine. Am I right? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, funny. Sense. No, it doesn't work um, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Aboriginal people are. They're like. Do you see that on the face of the sun? And there's something blotting out the sun. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, the Spartans, a hundred arrows. At, at first, it's like a little dot. It's a it's a future reference of a thing that's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, we go to the moon where we see uh, these big tentacle monsters basically coming out of the moon's surface. Yeah, just, so like, more bursting more, out more phallic stuff basically. Yep. Yep. And then we see the the doctors talking to all the old doctors, and I, I found this pretty funny. How many references oh, oh, there were? Oh yeah, we should mention like how they look. It looks it's like it's like very. It's not it's not like oh there's a bunch of guys in the room. It's like very abstract and technicolor. Like, like Mufasa all, like, in the clouds. Yeah, exactly. Like, like brighter. Very, yep. Yeah. And we see Albert Einstein is one of them. Mm-hmm. Jesus is one of them. Um, <laughs> there were some others people that I was like, is this like George Washington or, or Benedict Arnold? Oh, that is in the fucking. <laughs> oh yeah, that is it's probably George Washington. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they have a lot of like just old like people who were doctors i guess uh and there are probably other references i don't i'm not recognizing right now mm-hmm. and then they say you know we have a lesson we've passed down from doctor to doctor and uh we should have taught you this since you're on the cusp of the millennium but we inherited the earth we didn't we don't own this earth like we got <gasps> it and then we see in finland some people looking up at the moon and it's just being eaten by black like monsters it's the tentacles yeah tentacles yeah yeah so for today so it doesn't look like tentacles being uh, to them it looks just looks like the sun is like being chewed up like like it's like slowly being eaten from the inside yeah yeah uh on the ship now angie's like do you feel this and jenny's like i'm just hung over or something no she's like i need a new <laughs> cigarette uh and yeah. uh the doctor again is like oh my god something's happening yeah and, and angie's like she's like he's stoned high. again if he's stoned again, I'm gonna yank out his lungs and make him sodding wear them. Yeah. <laughs> she's always, she's always like, every time he does says anything, she's like, he's probably fucking high. Yeah. Uh, and Which I'm like, this guy literally stopped Italy from moving on a planet. <laughs> like, you would want to listen to this guy. He also does get high all the time. Yeah, he's yeah, a junkie. And it's right? probably for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, his, his highness has never impeded them. So yeah. Far. Like he, yeah. he just, he mm-hmm. hasn't been wrong yet about stuff. Yep. Yeah. And he says, uh, they've come back, the owners of the Earth. And mm-hmm. he's in the ancestral realm still. And they can door into it? I'm like, oh, so I guess it's a different dimension. And so the, the rest of the t- some of the team, Jenny, Jack, and An- Angie, go to the doctor's ancestor realm. And he's just go- kind of going crazy. He's like, oh, my God, the heralds are here. We're dead. I can see them in Central Africa now, t- Tokyo next. And Jenny tries to send Midnight or Apollo to Tokyo. And he's like, no point. It's just the advance guard and preliminary shelling. We have to be ready for what follows. The heralds are upon us. And I know about you too, Jenny. Yep. And then on the moon, uh, basically the tentacles now have taken over, and this these big craters out of the, out of the craters of the moon, these big goo cannons basically come out and start launching goo pods, like big poop pods, basically poop. Yep. that are filled with, with little fossils. Like, it, it's like, like it's the spear sperm that go and kill people. And yeah, they look kind of like the eggs from Alien. Like, yeah, and they, they like xenomorphs inside of them, or zerglings yeah. or something. They're like yeah. obviously like. <laughs> 
Like, insectoid alien well, even, even like the fucking xenomorphs and fucking zerglings are basically based off sperm and yeah. fucking penises. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's, all, it's all penises and sperm killing everything. <laughs> yeah, but it's... The fact that they have like the, the insectoid uh, skin and stuff is different. Like, than I know, but it's, it's... Sperm it's, doesn't have an exoskeleton. I know, but it's, 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 every, ever since... I have alien, to go to the doctor, guys. Ever since <laughs> Alien, they're like, oh, you sperm and alien... Sperm and penises are the aliens of the it's future. It's cool imagery. Thanks, Geiger. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and that's that. That's how that issue ends. So issue two begins of this saga with all of the, the poop pods landing down uh, into Tokyo. They're sperm pods. Yeah. Well, well they look, they, you're right. They, they look, look like feces from far away and then yeah, the sperms come yeah, out of feces. Yeah, you're right. Look, Ain't that always the case, guys? <laughs> it, it looks specifically like uh, turd nuggets with like pieces of, kernels of corn inside <laughs> of it. This is the one thing we probably don't need to describe. <laughs> no, we got to paint a picture for our readers and not fucking listening. I think they look kind of like pickles. <laughs> they do kind of like pickles. All right. <laughs> We have readers, we have viewers, we don't have <laughs> Okay. Have and Apollo and Midnight are waiting for the arrival. They're like, I don't see anything here. And then uh, Apollo sees them in the sky and he flies up and he starts like flying through them and blasting a lot of them. But there's just so many that they're still landing. And when they land, they explode and all the little sperm buttons said they have like pointy like spear tip heads. Yeah, they're out. very sharp. Their feet are sharp. Their head is sharp. Yeah, and they don't have faces or anything. And their whole they're thing is like... they just like jump through people and kill yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. They, it's like dicks going inside people and stabbing out the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and we also see a. I'm a, I'm just gonna defend Midnighter the whole time, but we see a shift in his attitude too, where he like normally is like that super cocky guy, but here mm-hmm. he calls Jenny and he says, "Forget what I said. No back off. No backup. Seal off Japan. I'll keep this channel open for as long as I can, but this looks about as wrong as wrong can get. I'm not taking any chances. You need to quarantine the whole area." Yeah, yeah, so he's basically saying pretty much destroy Tokyo because this is like an invasion. Yeah, he says he actually says lives. sterilize the entire Japanese archipelago. He's like, <laughs> just blow up Japan from space. Uh, this is it, it was actually Midnight's plan to just wipe out uh, Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. But it is a nice scene because it's because like uh, Jenny still decides to do it to not listen to him anyway. So it's kind of like yeah. uh, Hawks Jack's like, oh, you're, you don't need to sacrifice yourself. We're going in anyway. Fuck you, Midnighter. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm obviously more into this book than anybody else, but these are the things that make this the kind of Edgelord book that I like because it's a lot, these are a lot closer to real characters than just like, if Midnighter was just like, I got this, don't worry, I have, mm-hmm. like, I can beat 10 million snake people. But like, as soon as they show up, he, with his computer bane, realizes this is a lost cause. This is a losing fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like that a lot too. And I, I'm like, if this was a, a like Mark Millar book, uh, he would have been. He would have commented on the fact that they look like sperm or dicks or something, and like, <laughs> and been like, "I'm gonna snap your balls off, yeah. dick monster." But that, that is a really important point because, as much as I'm like uh, on this book, uh, it does have a lot more character work than a lot of Mark Millar stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I just I, I think back to the Mark Millar stuff we've read, and I'm like, there's no there's no difference between anyone in any book because yes. they all say snarky things, and they their voice is just Mark Millar's bitter voice out of everyone's mouth. They have like interesting like so they'll have like uh, an interesting character concept like in Nemesis where you had like a super cop and then you had Nemesis, mm-hmm. but then yeah. the super cop and Nemesis talk the exact same way, and you're like, okay, so yes, yeah. everyone is just Mark Millar's like I would say this, and then I would say that, and then I would say this, and it's like these aren't characters, then there's just you jerking yeah, off. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I know like you know Ellis gets criticized for his like character inserts and stuff but no character talks like Jenny Sparks in this book yeah no yeah. character talks like Midnighter no t- character talks like Apollo and yeah. even someone like Swift who's like the don't woman with the hawk wings I'm not yeah, gonna listen well, to this <laughs> all I'm gonna say is she is not featured very often but when she does talk she's the one that's like always trying to not 
kill everybody. She's like the one, she's like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm part of the original team and uh, we didn't just kill everybody all the time. And like, you can still get a sense of each character who's talking and much better than you can in most. Edge yeah. Games. And also uh, I bitch about the offer self insert, but also because that was a huge trend this time. Grant Morrison mm-hmm. love offers self inserts too. Uh, if there's a bald character in the Gar- uh, Grant Morrison comic, it's probably Grant Morrison. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Where's your God now, Daryl? <laughs> uh, but I mean, Grant Morrison did like, he, he was a lot more upfront and clear where this is supposed to be him or, like, this is very clearly an analog for him. Yeah, where, it's like, satire, Phil. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get into how The Invisibles has a scene where he turns into Grant Morrison. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, like it was a big thing back then. I, and it's, yeah. It feels like an obnoxious if you like, here's my, here's my self-insert. He's cool. I'm less annoyed by, like, the self-insert stuff and more just annoyed that Jenny Sparks does. She rarely, if ever, compliments her team. I think it happens once in this book. Mm. She says thank you. You like you did a good job. Well, thing, but she needs to. Yeah, mean, the, like, the thing about Jenny Sparks is like uh, her as a like, team leader. You, no, you, you don't, don't think you, don't. you need so to compliment your people I, when they're dying I don't and think trying so. to sacrifice? I don't think you do. There's different type. Yeah. There's different types of leadership, and some people are just assholes and very stern on people. But it, it makes them want to do better. And even if they don't like the team leader, mm. they 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 try to get shit done for them. It might be misguided, like I want my dad to love me type thing, but like like not every good. Uh, leader was like, oh, I love you, boys. Go, you, you don't know, have to say I love you. Say you did a good job, Daryl. I want. I, I, I think you do a good job on this podcast. Darryl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, I think you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm used to like Nick Fury calling all of his agents morons. So like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with James Sparks being. Which I'm like, I guess I wouldn't like Nick Fury either. Well, I think I, I think I think in real life a lot of people are mean and they still get the job done. Yeah, people, still, yeah. people still work. I'm just yeah. incompetent. So they go to Africa. Right. Well, Indator uh, is basically like I'm giving up, and then um, what's it? Jack Haw- Hawksmore doors in and protects him a little bit, which I'm like, that's not gonna last if Midnighter can't. Yeah, do this is still a losing battle. Then they, they door into Africa, and then they realize like they can't like immediately. So Swift, Jenny... the engineer, and Jenny go yeah. to Africa. Yeah, and then they, and all of them stop breathing, but then en- the engineer starts like re. <laughs> engineering. She makes new lungs. Yeah, so that she can breathe. And the she's air, like, the air is so toxic from uh, that goo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she kicks them back. And, and out. I like how, and they start puking. And and I like how they they they're like, what do we even call this? Because like we call it terraforming when you make it more like Earth like, but they're like unterraforming or monster forming. Turdscaping. They, turdscaping. <laughs> Oh boy! Like, that's, that's a good line. Totes gave me. It is. I think it's a good joke. And then she sees the big like mountain that the, a lot of them are coming out of, and she's like, "All right, so I guess I have to kill this thing." Mm-hmm. And she pulls out her gun and says, "Anti Anti brought presents. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs their one liners." And then yeah. they ask Midnighter how they're how he's doing. And this is one thing that it's a small thing, but. We complained last time about how how Swift doesn't have like a role mm-hmm. on this team at all, mm-hmm. but here she she's the pilot of the ship, and they talk they do talk a little bit about how she's like because she could fly, she's good at flight trajectories, she knows how things are supposed to handle in the air, and like yeah, I would have liked to have her have a lot more to do, but I do like that her powers are. It's not really her powers that she's using because her she could fly. That is not useful in combat fighting these giant squid things. But like she actually does have a specific role that she is better suited for than anybody else. Yeah, and and now uh, good thing you brought that up because I wanted to mention uh, that she that makes her the most important part of this last sto- story. Yeah, because she's the one. The ship is like the main thing they use in this last story arc. 
I still don't buy if she can fly. She's better at flying a ship. Yeah, but, uh, it's uh, it's uh, like me running, being better at piloting a tank. I, I'm not a swift expert, but I know if like X Men, Cyclops' powers gave him innate. His eye blast are just part of his power. His other po- power is is uh, better accuracy and trajectory. Uh, guess uh, like it's like he has better eyesight and. Um, vision than other other people just because of his powers like they have secondary aspects or ability like angel 2 he's he has hollow bones and stuff on top of his wings and stuff so each mutant also has different biology that complements their powers and i think it's very believable that if you have the uh better uh, wings if you have like these uh, wings wing powers you might have other powers to supplement uh i I only i only believe in what the text supports I think it's it's extra believable because in the text they talk about how the ship is like a living organic thing that breathe, like reads off of and interacts with the living things that control them. Mm-hmm. So having it be a giant organic flying machine, I think makes more sense how a flyer would be more adept at controlling it than a pilot, for example. Sure, but, but it doesn't have wings. It just moves through 3D I, space. I, 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 I buy it. I think, I think it's fine. I buy it. I don't. I don't. Okay. Confirm for no yeah. buy. <laughs> well, what do you think, Phil? I don't. It's, I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's what I'm too. I'm like, it's, I'm explaining Daryl just the hill Daryl is dying on. Uh, so, so Jenny calls Apollo and she's like, "Hey, I need you to do something uh, because these things are coming from the moon. Sterilize the moon." And Jack Hawkins was like, "You can actually do that." And Paul's like, "Well, beats the hell out of me." And the doctor, <laughs> they asked the doctor, like, "What about? Was he doing? He's working on a plan right now." And he's this, doing he's like, like the thing where Doctor Strange does in Infinity War when he yeah. like is just meditating and looking at all possibilities, but he's mm-hmm. just like meditating and talking to all the previous doctors. Yeah, and he's yeah. getting the backstory about this. He gets the text dump about how it is God because he created Earth. So if, if he created Earth, why is it not God? So it has to be God. It's a close thing. To yeah, they're like God's here, basically. Uh, but it's this, it's this interesting. I want to point out. It's not just like oh, I created Earth and now it's come back to reclaim it. It's that it created it put the like the universe into motion to create Earth. So basically, it's it's like retirement home. And then when another um, small planet hit Earth and it knocked it out of orbit and created the Moon. And then mm-hmm. because it knocked it out of orbit, it changed it from like that, that turdscaping planet yeah. into a habitable planet for us. And so yeah. because of that, now it's like it comes back and now everything's terrible for it. So it's yeah, like, goddamn. Yeah, like we're like fucking roaches that took over its retirement home and now it's just yeah. trying to fumigate yeah. the place. It, it's what, And it, I, I really like this concept a lot. Sorry, yes. go ahead, Daryl. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it's different because they could have just been it created the planet and that was going to come back. But I like the idea that it created the planet and it's like it was terrible and then our moon was formed by when that uh, celestial body hit it. And because it allowed us to grow here, it's like it comes back and it's like, oh, this is so disgusting. It's, it's, nice it's, also, it's, also, yeah. it's also ironic because, uh, well, not ironic, but it's coincidental. Because we were, I was just talking with Phil and Daryl about uh, JRPGs, and every JRPG has people trying to kill God. <laughs> but I'm like, it's not happening happen in America that often, but here's a story where they try to kill God. Yeah. And the thing well, that I like about it, too, is it sets up the scale, the power scale, that this thing is super, super powerful. It created, it's basically God. It did, at one point, uh, the doctor is like, well, I'm an atheist. And they're like, okay, maybe it's not like the literal God, but it's as close to God as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But because it's just like it wanted to live on this like hellscape, it bypasses the question of like, like we don't have to know how intelligent it is. It could just, like, it could be instinctual. Like, it's not like they're going to face, like, this bearded old man. You know, it's not like yeah. they, it hasn't been guiding humanity to this point. It just set everything in motion and then bounced. Oh, yeah, we should also mention, uh, uh, so this is, this is a plot twist. It, they see it eventually as, like, a cube thing. 
or a triangle thing. It's a pyramid. pyramidal. Pyram- pyramidal, yes. Uh, this is a thing that uh, they, they, that shows up in the Lobo Christmas special. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, don't I forgot about that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then <Good>. Apollo, <laughs> Apollo goes to the moon and with his, like, eye laser, somehow he basically shoots down light on the entire surface of the moon. It destroys everything. He is so fucking strong. It is, like, yeah. incredible. <laughs> like, I think he basically just, like, heat visions and cauterizes yeah, the Yeah, I think that's what he does. He yeah. literally just scorches the entire surface of the moon. Yeah. Yep, and Angie shoots down the thing that was trying to turdscape the the earth so now that thing's destroyed and then what they see is she looks up and in the sky is the big pyramid that's covering the sun and it's god mm-hmm. coming back I'm, my favorite thing is that they keep calling it like god and i know they did it just to be edgy to be like we gotta kill god mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> your mom wouldn't read this book it would offend her <laughs> <laughs> But I still think that the concept of, like, the creator that abandoned us, but, like, we are a byproduct of it is really interesting. So, part three of Outer Dark. It starts with them on the ship, and it's now December 30th. It's Jenny's birthday. Yeah, it's Jenny's birthday, because she was born... Well, I think it's the day before, right? I think well, she, they, was, she No, it's her birthday, but like it's not like the exact time of her birth or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're... She's going to send... Angie out into space to try to like investigate it a little and Apollo's on his way and the engineer makes this like big space suit and they this touch down on the moon. was such a weird scene because we've, we've ran through almost 10 pages now already and going through this and there's just this scene about like Jenny building the spacesuit and flying off and she's like making some comments about boning Kevin Bacon and she's like ha I love this I love that I love how everyone has to do their thing where they're, when they're flying at really high speeds so like this is awesome. Well and- we did see last time. We saw the engineer talking about how, like, she misses, like, the thrills of regular life sometimes, and now she gets to do something she's never done before. She says, like, mm-hmm. I've never been to space before, and, like, it's recapturing some of that, like, the research, like, new frontier feeling that she talked about. But it, it's, it's weird. The reason why I found it especially weird is because she's like, this is just, just because the carrier is like, shit, I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure going through other dimensions is more impressive <laughs> than flying to Black Void into an, a rock. On, on but seeing it, through, seeing it through a screen is different than like yeah physically i know well, like yeah. I, feel, I feel like they feel like they could have uh, like uh, i don't know it just feels it just feels like like a lot of the character moments it's like too brief to like feel really earned yeah. like i feel like yeah. they like they should she should be like saying that like it's different it's, than just being seen through a few she, does. she says she says this isn't like what we see in the carrier uh like i i I, like I can practically. Okay, she's you're right. She that. says it's, it's something I saw on TV once, and now I'm like now I'm going there. Okay, that's that's a that's a fair line. And she says I can I can reach out and touch. Yeah, it. to me it was fair because it's like something that she always like she can actually reach the moon now now that she's flying to it and landing on it. Where I was like, yeah, okay, even though the carrier stuff seem, to me seems more wild. But than just, just like, going I, on the moon. But it's everything through a screen is so different than being there. Yeah, and she yeah. also as a as a researcher, she asked the question like, why did we stop coming to something as beautiful as this? Because like we don't go to the moon anymore. And like, that's I like that touch a lot. Yeah, it's because fucking aliens are raping it. Well, I mean, I don't yeah. think she means why did we stop coming today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like, well, we can't go to the moon. There's aliens, dicks on yeah. it. So they go into they they go up to the ship and like they're I believe they're investigating they, they, the, yeah like, they describe it as like the pores or the size the ship, of Staten they go Island. up to God yeah they go up to don't God. be disrespectful to God a ship Sorry. 
Sorry. Yeah. They go up to God. It's and the because God's are... also like a giant living thing. It's not just like a ship. It's yeah, it's a, a pyramid. It's, it's a pyramid, but it's not made of metal. It's it's, it's weird flesh pyramid. Yeah, pores. it looks like a ship, but then when you get close, it has all these big pores that they mm-hmm. go in. Which is a pretty, cool, and... it's a pretty creepy design. I like it. Yeah, 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 it's a it's it's a cool design because it looks very smooth, and then when they get close, it's like, you know, like it's it's like, like almost I, rocky, but like it's like organic, like rock, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And the the shaman is explaining that like they're not interested in two little people, you know, like he views us as an infestation, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. and you know they were, you know, they just exposit like a lot of the stuff that's been going on. Yeah, like he's he's trying to clear out the earth. Uh, they were supposed to, the the first things that hit Tokyo were supposed to, you know, clear it out. But lucky for us, they landed on an island and not like in the middle of America where they could have just spread in every direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, it's still gonna try to get rid of its. It, it wants to it wants its home back, and it's gonna try to get rid of this infestation. Yeah. yeah, and then so they they talk about how the so Jenny's trying to formulate a plan, and they're talking about how the carrier is powered by a sh- like small shrunk it down pocket universe, mm-hmm. and she's like, can we use that to blow up this you know god? And the engineer's like, well, if we do that, it'll there's a good chance it'll superimpose over our universe and destroy destroy our whole universe, and Jenny is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if you can open a door. Let's let's get let's get Apollo and Engineer back, and let's let's figure out a plan. And she announces to the whole world that this is Jenny Sparks from the Authority. Uh, we're gonna, you know, this is. She tells them what's going on. That there's this huge organism that is coming to Earth. It'll be here in less than a day. We're assuming the worst. That when it gets here, it'll try to expunge all life. We're, you know, this is what's been going on in Africa and Tokyo. We'll do what we've always done for you, whether you knew it or not. The absolute best you we can. We're going out, and we may not be back for a while. And while I'm gone, y'all bloody well be good. So she's just, you know, giving their, like, we're going to go take care of it. But, you know, if we, we don't know when we'll be back, so be on your best behavior. And she says, we're going to need the ship to leave. It's never left Earth before. So we're going to have to have the engineer actually fully Earth's interface. Orbit. Even when it's yeah. in other dimensions, it's still going yeah. around Earth's orbit. Yeah. So we're going to need Angie, the engineer, to sink to it fully, more than it, more than she has before, to really become, like, part of the ship to try to ease it into being comfortable enough to do what they're trying to ask it to do. Mm. And it, it works. So uh, Swift is given like this whole control apparatus. And it, it does say here, just to go back to that original argument, uh, that like the way it presents the instruments to her is the way her mind visualizes flight. Cause it, it can pick how it shows instruments to the pilot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it looks like a map of her mind. So if we want to go back to like, if she's flying it the way that, that she intuitively feels it, that is how she's controlling. Yeah, but physically. then couldn't anyone kind of do that? But not everyone knows how, how to fly. Like she's she has her, in a part of her brain that's like, how do I fly? She's seeing that on a panel that's controlling the ship. Yeah, everyone could probably control it, but whether they could have the right trajectories and everything, probably not. So then they go. They the ship takes off and they start leaving. And then as they're traveling through space, the doctor goes up to Jenny and says, "You know, it's December thirty first. You know, we've gone midnight Zulu time." And he's like, yeah, I know. I know what's going on with you. And I know there's nothing I can do. And she's like, well, then don't tell anybody. Just help me get this done before the end of the day. And the whole team pretty much just gets ready. And they go into one of the pores inside with the, the whole ship. Like these yep. pores are huge. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's basically like 
uh, uh, basically just a ship going through these massive uh, giant tunnels that are they, yeah. they call it the creature they, veins. Yeah, they mm-hmm. say basically like uh, you know we can't fight something like this. Like it's like a bug, and bugs can't fight you really like in real life. But imagine if a bug could climb inside you, sting into your heart, slashing the folds of your brain. Like it's an intelligent bug that we are so so much less powerful than it. But if we're inside it. Maybe we can yeah. do some damage. Yeah, and, and like so, Slice said, they they explicitly say it is moving through the veins of God. Yeah, and so <laughs> as they're going through it, uh, they realize like this if this is a body, it's gonna have antibodies going after them soon, so they gotta get ready. Uh, there's one thing I think I think this is just gonna be a character moment. Uh, Angie brings Jen down to like the engine room and shows her they have like a a pocket universe, ca- mm-hmm. a cage baby universe in the engine yeah. room, and she's just like, "Thanks for showing me this. It was a nice touch," and she walks away. Yeah, and this is the this is the like power source that Jenny wants is trying to formulate a plan around. Yeah. Okay. So there's okay. So that's why that's there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is this here? <laughs> I'm not saying like I'm not. I'm just saying that's like a conversation. I just want, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. It is mostly a character moment because yeah. they already exposited yeah. about this. We yeah. didn't need to see they that. Didn't need that. Okay, so then they go, and old sperm goes out to attack them as they're going towards the brain, I believe. Well, even before that, like right before they get the attack, they actually come across like a whole civilization where like parasites because this thing is so large other things have gone in the pores before and they basically set up these huge like cell structure colonies so it's like a big tapeworm city uh, it's a lot like uh in futurama when fry has worms i was thinking it looks like the fucking scene in uh, uh phantom menace when they go underwater uh, yeah no it looks exactly like that <laughs> and they, this... they also say like um swift is also able to like feel its uh, I thought you were gonna make a jar. I thought you were gonna make a jar jar joke saying they also say Misa hates you. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say my reference would be the Magic School Bus episode inside Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently this thing has like four thousand hearts. She can feel. So they're like, I don't know how. How do we even hurt? We got. They're like, we gotta go to Brain then. I think after that. Yeah, and because what happens is the the colony goes to attack them. So these like spermy spear things are not gods. They are the colonies, and they're like, let's just blow it all up. Midnighter's like, let's just kill everybody. And this is when Swift is like, you know, Jack and I particularly, we've had to change a lot. We've gave up a lot to be on this team. We've we've killed, and I'm sure I'll kill again. But I'm not gonna genocide these colonies. We're going to do the best we can. So she puts out a message to them, please don't attack us. We're here to kill the thing you live in, but we will not harm you. It's because they're trying to blow up our whole planet and they listen and call off the attack. Yeah. And they have a nice touch where she, she sends out a message with like a, a mathematical key that civilizations at a certain level should all be able to decipher. And I'm like, that's an interesting idea of, of having a, <laughs> like a, a universal translator type idea where if you, if you frame it in some kind of, any civilization that reaches this point should needs to be able to do this kind of math to, to complete and like to have engineering. Yeah. Uh, and so they'll be able to decipher this code. Yeah. Yeah. And so as they're going towards the brain now, um, Jenny starts coughing up blood, which uh, I, I think everyone knows is the fucking cliche that she's dying. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then they go to the brain. I, uh, There's a whole bunch of like little like mines. They look like depth charges being. These like, are the on them. yeah. These are the um, like white blood a- cells, antibodies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. So, but they still manage to reach the brain. And uh, Jenny says, uh, uh, "Hello, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know if you have a language. Here's a deal. Uh, I'm here to save the Earth. I'm here to get us all through the century. You might think the plan behind this is yours to use, but here's the news: Earth is a new man. Earth is a new management." This world is mine. And she, she zaps the giant alien brain, god brain. Mm-hmm. 
and everyone's like, "Yeah, we did it," but it turns out, like, t- basically, it was Jenny's last uh, effort, and she's yeah. like dying in. Hawks she's Morizel. the spirit of the century, and what yeah. happens when it's a new century? She so she yes. so she's gonna so she's gonna that was the thing she was gonna die anyway. So she's just holding out hope so she can reach the brain to zap it before she dies. She yeah. says, I, "I'm a I'm a hundred year long defense mechanism. Twenty yeah. centuries over." And, and I like that Swift is like, "Ah, uh, technically the century doesn't turn over until 2001." And Jay's <laughs> just like, "Don't blame me." Yeah, blame the plans that counts as consensus reality. Blame yourself for God. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, "Save the save the world. They deserve it. Be better, or I'll come come back and kick your heads in." And then she dies. And she yeah. dies at midnight on New Year's so Eve. So there's New Year's celebrations going on around the world. Yeah, fireworks, uh, and the last panel is a, a mother kissing her baby on the head. Uh, yeah, that's a, Jenny being reborn, I bet. Yeah, because okay. so that's the end of the. But uh, I just, Alice's for, for what it's worth, before you get to the Millar stuff, I think that that's clearly like I think that's that's the intention here is that a new spirit of the you know twenty first century now is being born at the moment Jenny dies. I that's how I read it. That makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was just humanity mm. we live, but I guess I'm I, I, I I thought that too. At the very end of it, it's like a, there's a, there's death, but there's also like this is the life that Me they too. saved. I didn't get it, but it it totally fits. Yeah. Like it makes so much sense actually. But so then okay, just that is the end of Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch's run. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then in, in spoiling what I read more of this, I don't want to read more of this, but I read one more issue because I saw the next issue is written by Mark Millar, and I had told them I couldn't hold my water back when I did this. I was like, we should have read this because this was so much crazier, way more edgelordy that Sly wanted. Yes. It starts with them going in into like a Southeast Asia country and just murdering a whole bunch of people and killing dictators and dropping them like their bodies and corpses and letting like, other people kill them and and then they take, like, refugees onto the carrier themselves, since the carrier is big enough to support it. And they're doing, like, interviews around the world and, like, basically trying to scare dictators into yeah. not doing anything bad. And then it's like, Bill Clinton calls them up and it's like, you guys got to stop, like, you're making us more liable to get hit by terrorist threats. And they're like, we don't fucking answer to you. And then it's like, you better, Bill Clinton's like, you better watch your back. And they're like, same to you, Bill. And then they talk about <laughs> how they punched him in the balls one time. <laughs> Fuck you for saying we should have done that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. We should have done that. Um, I know you agree with it, but you wanted something really shitty. <laughs> no, I no, it's I want something more more life to it. Like uh, no, no, uh, no joke. Uh, the uh, Millar's authority is my favorite Millar work. I, I it's like the it's right. It's mine too. It's like I, the right. I like Alice's. Album. And this, and uh, like, so that's my that's my only problem with this book. It's not like it's terrible. It's mm-hmm. just that I think what came before and after is uh is a lot better for me. I, I my big problem is just that it feels uh both too short. And too drawn out, like if four issues of a lot of filler, I feel like these, like if a lot of the events could, could could use more less action scenes, more build up, I guess. Like I feel like Millard did a better job of going over the top with even the the villains and the and the mm-hmm. shit the heroes can do. I feel like. Yeah, uh, speaking about going over the top in that first issue too, a maternity ward of babies gets murdered by fake Iron Man. Yeah. So that already tells you how like the, there's actually the fake Avengers, which I'm like, I kind of want to see fake Avengers fight authority. Yeah, that, that, I, I I really like that premise too, and I think uh, the fight in the fight like a representation of Jack Kirby, the guy. Yeah, he's the villain. Yeah, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. It's hilarious. Come on. It is pretty hilarious. And I, I like I said I like Malar's I like Malar's run a lot, but I just. I just like I get I get the appeal I get why you guys 
want that more, but I I like the like the reason why I was excited to do this and why like I'm glad that uh, Jake suggested it to us and like why I'm glad Warren Ellis was given the keys to reboot the Wildstorm universe is because like I feel like he does the edgy stuff, but he still these still feel like real characters to me. Mm-hmm. In a yeah. way that, like, most of the Edgeward books we mm-hmm. have done didn't. And even though, like, I like his Stormwatch a lot more than his Authority, I still feel like this is the kind of book that you could build off of and you could do things with these characters. Whereas, like, Nemesis, when that story's over, no, who else, like, I know that that's... They're making a movie off of it. People want more of Nemesis, Ryan. <laughs> I know, but that doesn't mean that a writer can continue that story in a way that, like, Millar continued the Authority story in a way that I thought was successful and good. Like, to me, this feels like they're setting up real characters that can grow and have other stories to tell, where a lot of Edgelordy stuff is just like, this is what it is, it's over, it's over now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Phil? Yeah, what's your fun? I liked it. I, I, I actually enjoyed reading this. I thought the characters were, were decent, the action scenes were good. I get what you're saying, too, that it's like, oh, we should go all in on edginess. But, like, this was actually a readable story where most Mar- Malar stuff <laughs> is just, like, is just trash that I'm reading to be like, that sucked, and he's a, he's an asshole that wants to get cucked. Like, I, I, I already know that about him. <laughs> and that's, that's uh, I'm glad we do this so we can at least see, compare Warren Ellis to Malar. And, and yeah. Warren Ellis is way above Malar as a writer. I, I yeah. feel like I was very lukewarm just for the reasons I stated last time where I'm like, I like the character moments. I don't feel like there was enough of that. Like, it's a lot of, like, extra threat or, like, big group threats rather than internal struggles and power dynamics. It's like, like, again, the, literally the last arc of it was them fighting God. So there's no actual talking to be done or reasoning. It's just like, we just got to stop this giant alien creature that's so far above us. Well, the funny thing about Warren Ellis is... Um... We were talking about doing Next Wave uh, eventually, which is another Warren Ellis book, and mm-hmm. our, our fans uh, definitely know what we're talking about, but Phil and Daryl probably don't. But it's funny because uh, hey, don't you assume? <laughs> I I might I don't know. Do you know? Do you know? I, I, I don't, but I could have. <laughs> don't assume. But the, the Marvel Studio, like we could be arguing, the Marvel Studios like comedic formula uh, came from Next Wave because Next Wave was humorous to an extreme in an era, like during the Civil War era. It came out during the Civil War comics era. Uh, there's an issue that that is branded like a Civil War tie-in, but the characters are holding signs that say, this is not a Civil War tie-in, uh, Mark Millar licks goats. Literally, you see Mark Millar licks goats. And so, like, <laughs> so that just shows, like, what Warren Ellis, like, even if you don't, if you, even if you don't like it, like, if you don't think his edgelord is top tier, the fact he can write, like, the, the, the defining style of Marvel now, which is humorous, he can do humor and edgelord and politics and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, shows, like, he's, he's something that Millar can never be, which is versatile. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. So that concludes another Edgelord August. Thank God. The most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. So next time is episode 100, right? What? Yeah. yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Malar, we're going to make you miss Malar. Yeah. Like, so we... Wait, miss Malar? <laughs> so you remember we did Ultimates 1 and 2. Yeah, and it's Mrs. Millar. Okay, that's what I'm gonna be. Oh, oh Ultimate One Two. Ryan said he reread it. He said I hate this. Daryl said I always hated this. We're gonna be Ultimate Three. You guys are going to wish Mark Millar wrote that fucking book. Yeah, I doubt it. I I, we'll see. I wonder. We'll the funny see. thing is, Phil, you've actually read read from this ride before. He wrote uh, Hero Season Three and got fired immediately after Hero Season no! Three. Uh, he also he also wrote such critically acclaimed things like Batman: The Long Halloween, Dark uh. Victory, 
Yes, uh, but as we get into, yes, after a certain point in his career, almost everything he writes is bad. Yes. Well, Long so, Halloween's one of my favorite Batman story of all time. So uh, you guys are wrong. Without yeah. having read it, I'm gonna say you guys are wrong. I'm gonna love it. Okay. 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 Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> so while you get ready for Ultimates three, which is much shorter than Ultimates one and Ultimates two, thank God. But uh, while you're getting ready you should also check out the rest of the flying machine network i just had a music blog come out and an episode at the one dollar patreon tier on pink floyd's the wall and it's mostly about how i hate old people and how all their politics are trash and that I thought you were gonna say, the, you're gonna say like you, I hate old people and like push them down the stairs in their wheelchairs and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the main thing, the main crux is like you had a lot of like anti-fascist stories in the '60s and '70s and '80s that mm. like a lot of big Trump supporters like love nowadays. And like I guarantee, like everybody loves like another brick in the wall part too. Like a lot, you know. But yeah. do they actually know what it's about? Probably not. It's about leaving and, kids alone. It's about bad teachers. Yeah, yes. it's about a teacher leave that kid <laughs> yeah. alone. Bound and so it's just kind of like recontextualizing why they've fallen so far from the ideals that their heroes tried to inspire in them. Mm-hmm. And it even has a Martin Luther King reading by our network's own Jay Poole. Cool. Which is very exciting. Cool. And, I mean, the, the written blog on the website doesn't have her reading it, but <laughs> the audio part does. And you should also check out Falling in Love Montage. They just had an episode on Love, Simon, which was directed by Greg Berlanti, who did, like, Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl and, like, all those superhero TV shows on the CW. So you should check out that episode, too, and see where he started before he just made all those superhero shows. And DM it all has some news, right, Sly? Uh, sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you need help? Yeah, gotta do it, Sly. <laughs> I always feel I always feel weird plugging my shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just launched our our Patreon, so um, yeah. If, if you want, in case you want another Patreon to just give money to, yeah. If you love giving is... money to random people, give it to us <laughs> too. On top of all the people you're giving it to, yeah. uh, so if you give launch our Patreon, uh, not only will you make the show more sustainable, uh, you'll get the episodes a week early. Hopefully, you enjoy that. Hopefully, you support us. Uh, we really appreciate it if you do. Is yes. that just patreon.com slash DM at all? Yes, it is easy URL to remember. Yeah, easier to get URLs on Patreon than YouTube? <laughs> yes, way easier. D- awesome. DM at all is our Dungeons & Dragons reviewing uh, Oh, yes, I should explain <laughs> that, but I, I always... <laughs> I always... I assume people listen to us more than they probably do, so... Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, you should just check it out on YouTube and Patreon. So, okay, thank you for listening to Divisive Issues for another Edgelord August... I've been in touch with all the flight trajectories of human nature. I've been kicking Bill Clinton in the balls. I've been a big poop nugget with corn in it. <laughs> and I've been a sperm impaling men. <laughs> Stay in continuity. It was Japanese men. <laughs> I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs>